Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague Joe Delera, NBA analyst, prop better, and absolute degen. Just a complete degenerate, a, a true NBA degen. I'm so happy to have Joe with me. This is going to be your NBA stat. Props betting. We're going to look at season-long stats props. Joe is a huge, huge props better night in and night out. You can follow all of his picks in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. Follow us in the app. I'm off to an outrageous start in NFL that is going to come crashing down on me. I'm 20-6 and six to start the season on sides and totals. That's absolutely not going to hold. I'm excited for how desperately bad the rest of my NFL season is going to go. You can follow Joe in there. Joe does work for us at Action Network HQ and on NBA Bet. He's also the host of the Cash That Podcast, at Cash That Podcast. Great pod. I listen to it every episode. Make sure to check it out. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Delera, J-O-E-D-E-L-L-E-R-A. Joe, we're recording this on a Monday night after NBA Media Days. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to take in a million points of information about 30 different teams today. How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. I know we're recording this before the Giants inevitably let me down on Monday Night Football. Um, but I'm really excited for the season to start. Media Day is always like just the tip of the iceberg, I feel, for the season. And I mean, the NBA really doesn't have an off season, but that like month before Media Day, it's felt like a little bit of a break. So I'm really excited and uh, we'll we'll just we still have hope right now. It's the <laughs> first day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> you still have hope for another 18th, uh, 23 days. You got hope. Yeah, That's good. Exactly. That's good. All right. So we're just going to kind of roll through some of, of Joe's favorite bets uh, on the season for the, to look at, to talk about for these NBA long season props. We will start with the one. I have to, I have to admit something to you, dear listener. Um, we try and give you the best information. We really do. We try and give you the best information. This one we held back. This this bit. one we bet and didn't didn't do anything with immediately. And that it's not available in our app because we don't have it loaded in there yet. Um, we talked about this last year. Brandon an article on it. We're gonna do an article on it this year. Joe, for some damn reason, these odds makers are like, you can bet on whether or not Steph Curry will lead the league in threes made <laughs> per game. Would you like to? And they're giving us a number that is somehow below minus 10,000. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Like they literally had the exact same line last season, minus 175. I don't understand this. He cruises over this. I think he's hit it in what, like seven of the last eight years or something like that. Like he just, he crushes it. And I like this prop too, because it's per game. So it's not necessarily how many or like, what's the total number, like in case he ever got hurt or something like that. The the prop generally says, as long as he plays 41 games, it's points per game or three pointers per game. So at minus 175, it's, it's just an absolutely insane number. Uh, Curry just cruises over this line. Um, and it, it just feels like free money. Like as long as you're willing to lay the juice, but 
you know, it's a good investment realistically. Yeah. So like you're, you just know you're going to get this back later. This is, uh, let me put it this way. This is one that Brandon enthusiastically bets at a minus number. There's like 10 bets in the entire time I've known him that Brandon's been willing to lay more than Never. 30 on. Like it's, it's Never. ridiculous. Uh, so to put this into context, okay. So last season, Steph Curry actually did not shoot as well as he has in previous season. He only shot 38% from three. It was a down season from Steph Curry. Yeah, so he finished with the most threes per game. But not only did he finish with the most threes per game, he finished with the most threes per game by 0.8 threes per game. And you're like, what does a that lot. mean? 0.8. That's, what, that's just like a number. So let me put it in context for you. The gap between Steph Curry and number two Fred Van Vliet in three-pointers made per game is the same as the gap between Fred Van Vliet in second and 20th that's the gap we're talking about here your bet of this at any number that you're getting below and i don't know joe is there a number that we don't think it's good value at like like not really honestly like i mean maybe like minus 500 just because like you don't want to lay it that for that long and like the amount that you have to put out but like it's not like we're betting on credit. We're betting on with like cash for this. So it's like, you have to, you have to be able like, do I have the money? And is it like reasonable for me to lay this for that long? That's really what the question is. So yeah, I would probably put 500 as the limit at, at where you get there. Because honestly, what this is, is this is a question of will Steph Curry play enough games? Yeah. It's will Steph Curry play enough games? Like will he, will Steph Curry get hurt? The threats to beat him the only two there's only really two names uh, okay i'll throw fred van vliet in there because he was second last season at three points yeah the real threats to me are buddy healed who had a weird season last year because he got traded and all this kind of stuff happening but buddy is an absolute volume shooter he gets him up if for any reason buddy healed winds up on the lakers he will shoot a ton of threes and be in contention for this fred van vliet and i think donovan mitchell has to be mentioned as well he was the fourth in the league last season yeah he's going to shoot a ton on this this Cavs team that we've talked about how they don't have three-point shooting those are the only guys I can see that are really risks. I don't necessarily want to bet any of them. I might bet like a small hedge on heel just because Buddy's been such a volume shooter. He's 10 to 1. Yeah, he's so 10 to it's, 1, right? You know. But like stuff, the level of dominance is just absurd. Like it is ridiculous how yeah. much he wins this, this by. Like this yeah. is not a close one. Um, no. Like 2021, he was 1.2 better than the second best player in the league. 1.2 he made over a three more yeah and i mean i think i think the fact that the next closest guy is six to one and he's minus 175 tells you like everything you need to know about how the they're really marketing this thing yeah. and i mean curry is just that's what he does he shoots threes and in theory maybe he has to do a little bit less carrying of the offense this season with like a healthy clay in theory for the whole year but they've lost a lot of guys so and he loves shooting threes like that's what he does so I don't think he's going to really take a step back from shooting threes this year. Every season except 2020 when he was hurt and missed the season, he has led the league in three-pointers made since 2015. Yeah. Like, we 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 saw this number, and in our Slack, we're just like, how can this be the – how? How can this be the number? Like, yeah. how on earth can this be – how can they put this below minus 200? How? Yeah. How are they going to th- do that? Yeah, I think you're right though. Like if you if you wanted to open up a second position right now would be the time to do it though. Obviously preseason. I don't know if they're going to have these available mid-season anyway, but on the off chance that Steph did suffer an injury, you're getting like you said, you're getting anybody else at 
at least six to one, if not 10 to one odds for the most part. So I, I think that's, that's probably a good angle. Like if you want, I might, I might sprinkle a little bit of buddy just on that. Cause his name's been involved in so many trade rumors. Yeah. Uh, Joe's second best bet. I like Anthony Davis over under uh, 10.1 rebounds per game. And I'm looking at the under 10.1. Uh, so since he left the Pelicans, he has not hit that 10.1. He's got 9.3, 7.9 and 9.9 with the Lakers. And we know like he doesn't want to play the five. So those rebounding opportunities aren't there. LeBron likes to grab his rebounds. He likes that triple double. So, you know, like he's going to vulture a couple of those and they just added Tomas Bryant. And although he's a versatile defender, I don't take that in terms of being versatile, like as a, it, it doesn't mean that you get rebounds. Um, and I think that's like a mistake that's been made with like some other guys, like Andre Drummond, for example, like he's a bit great rebounder, but that's really all he does. So with Anthony Davis, he's taken out of the paint so much when he's playing defense. And I, I, I think I run into this a little bit with like Aiden to a lesser extent, but these guys, like they don't really hit their rebound prop. So I think that this is just a little bit too high, especially when you're hearing from the coach like today at media day, I don't need to play these guys uh, starter minutes or playoff minutes in October, November, December. Granted, like, let's see if they're actually in the playoffs or not. But like, you know, if they're going to get their minutes limited, this is even a better bet at the under 10 and at 10.1, I think at a minus 115. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, look, they added Thomas Bryant. They added Damian Jones. Like, it's just pretty apparent. Like, I, I think there was probably a conversation last year, I would imagine, this summer, with Anthony Davis basically saying, this is why I don't want to play the five. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, he gets banged up. Like, he's not happy with it. And he's defensive about it. But this is why he doesn't want to play the five. He Is he better at the five? Yes. Can he handle it physically? No, he gets hurt. Yeah, it's almost just like, hey, like if you can get me to the playoffs, I'll play the five then. Yeah. Um, And then like worry about it then. But like, I don't want to deal with this during the regular season. Like I've got a ring now. You know that this works, but we need to be healthy. So I like I I really love this under um, at the 10.1. It's just if I want to bet it, I'll bet it on a night to night basis if I think he's going over this. But on the season, no way. I really like your next one. You guys a pass, but you lean under and I'm going to talk you into it. Give me. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, so the next one is Bam Adebayo over under 10.1 rebounds per game. So I was conflicted about this one. I like, and he's similar in the way that I looked at Anthony Davis, like his defense takes him out of the paint a lot, but his were like real close. He had 10.1 last season, nine the year before, and then 10.2 the season before that. So I'm like a little nervous about it, but maybe you can convince me. All right, here, here's the sell point for you. So I've been tracking the, the Heat power forward situation. I've been trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do because they literally don't have any power forwards. It's just Udonis yeah. Haslam, who's a cheerleader. Not, he's not a cheerleader. That's not fair. He's a coach. <laughs> like, Udonis Haslam's oh, a coach. Yeah. So I do Locked on NBA I'm on Tuesdays with David Ramil, who coached Locked on Heat, and I was asking him about it. And what they were saying in at Media Day and the conversation that's been held – there's a number of options that they can take. They can start Caleb Martin, who's six five. Okay. At power forward. <laughs> the idea was maybe that Jimmy Butler could play it. They asked Butler about it, and Butler said, I'm not playing the four. Yeah, I saw that one. I'm not playing the four. Okay. You have to have somebody who can at least there are games where sure you can just start bam, and that might be they'll do that sometimes. Yeah. They they can adjust their lineup. 
But what I have heard, and this this vibes with some of the things I've kind of heard around the, the edges, there's actually an idea that Omer Yurtsevin could start at center. This. I love and it. They put Bam out of bio at four. And okay. If that's the case, then Bam out of bio is absolutely going under this number because yeah. he'll be further from the rim. He'll be playing more wings. He's always in defensive coverages, going to be a little bit extended because he's a big that you can switch with. And they play yeah. zone. And so he'll be a little bit up sometimes in the three, two as well. Uh, just in terms of like, if he's challenging past the original point of, of uh, defense on the perimeter, Bam's the one that steps up. The Fair. other thing is that they asked Bam about scoring more. And Jimmy said, look, I don't need to talk to Bam. He knows he's got to score more. We need him to be more aggressive. Yeah. Bam was talking about taking more shots today. Now this is a, an annual talking point for Bam Adebayo. So I, you're going to have to show me for me to bet the over on his points. However, it is enough for me to think, okay, he might be a little bit more aggressive. And if he's a little bit more aggressive in shooting, I, I think he's more likely to shoot from space and further away from the rim and not just on post-ups. And if that's the case, fewer rebound attempts on his own putbacks and situations like that. So if he's a bigger focal point of the offense, one of the biggest things for them is the pick and roll and him getting into the mid range area to be able to hit those shots from about 10 to 15 feet in the center of the court. If that's a key area of emphasis for them, again, he's not going to be in position to rebound. So yeah. I think the BAM under 10.1 is, is a good bet. No, I like that. That's I think that's a good point. And uh, especially like, I, you know, I loved betting on Yurt 7 last year with COVID when he was playing. So, I mean, I felt like he played meaningful minutes. And, you know, now that he's got a second year or a, a, a rookie year under his belt, like I think that does make some sense because BAM is not like the biggest He's a, he's a big dude, but he's not like the biggest dude. So I think having that flexibility makes a lot of sense there. I, that's a good. I, I'm I'm convinced here. I, I can go under on ten point one. Let's go to Minnesota and let's talk about D'Angelo Russell because now you got another one on D'Lo. Yeah, I, this one's interesting. He is set at seven point three assists per game for the over under, and he's never hit this number before. He had seven point one last season. And I think that they did this in part because of the Gobert lob bump, like just that you're going to get at least one or two of those, maybe a game. But I also don't think like I'm wondering if he's I know that you've mentioned before that there's not really necessarily a market for him to get traded right now. Like nobody wants him. But at the same time, like this number is definitely high and he's really seen his assist percentage. It's been pretty static, you know, between 30 and 35 percent the last couple of seasons. It only spiked that one year with the Nets when he was really like the focal point of the offense and he hit almost 40 percent. So I don't I struggle with this there. I I feel like the ball is just not going to be in his hand enough, even if he's supposed to facilitate, but I, I'm, I'm not sure my, my, I like the under here at the 7.3. I just think it's a little high considering he's never gotten there before, but maybe I'm underrating Gobert here in terms of that lob threat. Yeah. I'm worried about the lob threat, especially in units where ant or cat are not on the floor. Cause they can stagger so much. Yeah. Their point guard depth is a little thin now. And so I think Dilo is probably going to, stagger a little bit with the second unit and he'll still have a lot of weapons because he'll probably play with one of the starters either cat or gobert and it'll just be like two-man game right yeah i also think just based off of how finch kind of sparks them and how he coaches them in transition i worry about the pace factor a little bit because gobert opens up more stops and stops lead to runs and so if you're able to get out in transition 
especially with the way the D'Lo will dish onto perimeter threes and they have a lot of shooting. Uh, this one is one that I would stay away from. It is a high number. Yeah. And the trade concerns, I think, are legit. Like, there's a good chance the D'Lo gets traded and is coming off the bench somewhere. That wouldn't yeah. shock me mid mid season. Yeah. As of now, though, I think I I would still I would lean a little bit towards over or a past. little bit toward the over, but not by much. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's close. I I definitely understand the concern, and that was something that I was like I I'm trying to flesh it out. I like I felt like Gobert might be over it, but I think the point that you bring up about transition definitely makes a lot of sense there. Let's talk about a, a the MVP favorite at minus one fifteen. A very popular bet at Action Network is Luka Doncic's threes. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone always. Everyone a lot of money on gambling on Luka's threes. Uh, Luka, over 3.2 threes per game, minus 115. You like the over. Uh, yeah. But right now you say it's a pass. Yeah, so I think it's a pass because last season he was at 3.1 makes on 8.8 attempts. And this kind of spiked, and it, it spiked a bit in particular without Brunson, but there were only, he only played three games without Brunson. Um, and in those games, he took 10.3 three point attempts. So my concern here is that obviously they were uh, THJ was, wasn't healthy last year. And then now you have Bullock, you have wood, you have a couple more mouths to feed there. Uh, I think I'd rather use it almost as like, rather than lay the money for the whole season, because I think he'll probably end up around here, maybe in terms of his average. Like I'd rather pick my spots on individual nights and say like, or especially maybe at the beginning of the season in terms of looking to bet his over on his threes, especially if they, they open it at two and a half, just because if he really does see a spike without Brunson, then we'll be able to capitalize on it initially. And then, you know, it might start evening out as the season goes on, as they try to figure out what their offense really looks like. But that, that was my concern. I think their offense has really changed without Brunson adding wood, even though he apparently he's going to play off the bench. Um, and then you're going to have some other healthy guys there. So that, that was what my concern is. I wish I could just get the attempts number on him. That's I know that, that's what I want to bet. I just want to bet his attempts number because I don't trust his efficiency. No his efficiency waxes and wanes so consistently, so inconsistently. I will say I can't take a position of the under here because no. I think his usage is going to be insane. Like yeah. my position has basically been, I think that Luka Doncic is going to have one of the biggest usage seasons, maybe the biggest usage season in NBA history. There's all this talk about Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian. Luka Doncic is going to have the ball so damn much. They, yeah. The intention of this team and how they built it is very obvious. It's try and win a championship with Luka Doncic as, as MVP. I yeah. don't know any team that is more designed to like shoot for this. No, literally. Like I, I just, my, I agree with you. I think my concern is just that he goes three for 10 from three on a nightly basis. And it's just like, yeah, I think he might just not really get there or it's going to be so thin it's like, I'd rather just, if they're going to give me a two and a half line, even if there's some juice on it, I'd rather bet that, honestly, than Here's like on thing. an individual day. If he averages 3.5 threes per game, right? Yeah. If he averages, you know, because that's a that's a healthy over there. If he averages 3.5 uh, three-pointers made per game, that's going to put him, that would have tied him for fourth last season. If he gets there, he's winning MVP. Just bet the MVP at plus 450. Yeah, that's a way better pivot. Way better pivot. There is a DraftKings has all these team specials, and there's one for him I want to talk about real quickly while we're here. Sure. Uh, plus thirty five hundred. So I'm I'm dipping into Brandon's not here, so somebody's got to take ridiculous long shots. 
So Luca, this is Luca to lead the league in both points per game and assists per game. And that's an absurd number. Like that's an absurd concept. Except that Luca had a bad season last year and finished fifth in points. And he had a bad season with less of, a, of an offensive cast, and he finished fifth in assists. If I think he's going to play more, and if I think he's going to have more usage, and if I think Christian Wood eventually, once they stop benching him, is going to wind up giving him a bump in assists per game and his production and efficiency, and JaVale gives him better at rim uh, stuff, and Tim Hardaway Jr.'s back. Yeah. 35 yeah. to 1. It's not often that I think that these bets are, are reasonable. That's how much I think Luka Doncic is going to have an absolutely absurd regular season. Yeah. Like I think I, we may be in for one of the all-time statistical production seasons to go up there with Harden and Westbrook for just ridiculous, oh, my God, he had the ball so much. Yeah. And, I mean, it, like, it's worth a – like, if you think he's going to do that, like, I, I don't know. I think you have to bet the 35-1. to one. Like, you have to. Because there's only so many guys that can really – have more assists than him. And two of them were Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, who were all, are now on the same team. And it's just unrealistic to think that they're going to do that with like sharing the ball. So I think if you like, since you're kind of taking two of them out, those are two of the people that finished ahead of him. The only two people that finished, it was Chris Paul, Harden, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, who had more assists per game than he did last season. Yeah. So you're essentially nerfing the two of them, and who knows what's going on in Phoenix. Yeah. So I, I the 35 to 1 is is crazy. I'm I'm <laughs> you know I'll sprinkle that. I've sold you. I've sold you. <laughs> Your last one in the minus range is a minus 115 on Desmond Bain. The over-under is 3.2 threes made yeah. per game. Uh, why do you like the over in the spot? And I'll try and talk you out of it. Yeah, I like the over. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna. It's it's a lean more than a play. Um, he in two games without Jaron Jackson Jr. He was he made four on seven and a half attempts. Obviously, super small sample size, but no Jaron Jackson start the season. He was a forty three point six percent three point shooter. Obviously, we have Dylan Brooks there. Um, I'm wondering, you know. Uh, I like this. I like the angle, but like at the same time, it's like, can he do what he did again last year? And then also if Jaw is talking about shooting, like shooting rather than just like jumping at the basket from anywhere on the floor. Uh, I'm wondering if it kind of changes the shot profile that Bain's going to start looking at or starting to get. Um, so this one is probably the one I'm least confident in. Yeah, I would stay away from this one entirely. I think the my biggest reason is just simply Dylan Brooks. Yeah. That's, that's my angle here is just Dylan's going to play. Dylan didn't play last season. When Dylan didn't play, Desmond made this big leap. Dylan's back. Dylan's going to take his shots. Zaire Williams is probably going to take some of his shots. Would it surprise me if Desmond went over this? No, because Desmond's an incredible shooter. He should have yeah. one of those improved last season. He's a phenomenal shooter. Um, Bain's an, um, just, he's an awesome weapon. If the Grizzlies offense is better than I expect, then Desmond's going to be in line to hit this, but there's enough usage sharks in the waters. I think to stay away, you got one bet in the plus 100 to plus 300 range and it's down with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So I think this is just a matter of, do you think Jalen green's leap? I, I feel like in the second half of the season is legit. Um, and it's for him to average three plus threes per game. It's at plus plus one forty five. And in the games he played in March and April, he was taking, he was making 3.1 on 7.8 attempts at almost 40% at 39 and a half percent. Do you buy that? Do you think that that's real? 
And because I'd imagine their commitment to him is significant. Here would be my counter. And the reason to probably stay away from it is why the number's soft though. At just three, it's three. Yeah. It's, I would say it's soft. The only hesitation might be this, uh, their offense. I did a lot of film work on the Rockets for the win totals deep dive. And my eyes bled the entire time. They just, they had the least amount of discipline and structure of any offensive unit in the NBA last season. That's my, opinion, yeah. that they were the least structured, least disciplined. And you say, well, if they're more structured and more disciplined. Won't that help him? Will it? Because yeah. a lot of what happened last year was just, fuck it. I'll just shoot it. Here's the ball. So many possessions, Joe, where it was just, um, I don't really know what's going on with the set. I forgot the play call. Fuck it. And just a step back three. <laughs> and it was, it went in because Jalen's really yeah. good. On the one hand, I don't know if he's if Silas is going to be able to get that kind of structure out of him. The general concept about how they're building the team, though, is that Alperin Shangun is expected to be more of a hub. That could lead to spot-up opportunities. If you're going to go between one of the two, I actually might lead to, to Porter. I, I actually think that that might be the play, is they go to, to Kevin Porter Jr., KBJ, because he was 99th percentile on three-pointers made in spot-up situations last season. If they just have him stop having the ball and just tell him to catch and shoot, yeah, I, I think that that prop if that pops might actually be a better opportunity. That's a fair uh, point. Okay, Joe, we're gonna go ahead to the plus three hundreds now, and it's time for us to have an intervention. <laughs> all of us at Action Network are a little worried about how much we're in love with Tyrese Halliburton props and awards and all sorts of things. I'm concerned that you have like a giant, like if I open up a closet in your apartment, it's just going to be an altar with all sorts of pictures of Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> you have a plus 450 that you're talking about, which is categorically insane. Talk to me about this bet, and we're going to talk about Tyrese Halliburton a little bit. All right, so I love Halliburton, obviously. Uh, I, I wish the Knicks drafted him. Then I think that's really what's going on here. And then when they didn't trade for him in a trade that I was like, oh, wow, the Knicks could have done that. It just has pained me forever now um but i he's plus 450 depending i think depending on the book to be the assist leader which is i like i'm putting i put it here in our document i don't think that that's really the bet um because there's some other guys that are involved but in the 18 games he played for the pacers without malcolm brogdon he averaged 10.1 assists per game which obviously small sample size but that would have been third in assists per game last season. Chris Paul had 10.8, Harden had 10.3. Um so I don't I don't necessarily think that this is the right bet because you have other guys that are have better offenses <laughs> surrounding him uh in order to be like an assist leader, but I I really I like I love him this season. Uh and I I'm hoping he takes this leap or like I feel like he should um because he when Brogdon was off the floor he was really getting a lot more offensive touches and I felt like he had more control over the offense. Like he was taking more autonomy. He was getting his shot a little bit more, which is something that I think he needs to do in order for this Pacers team to really kind of grow. Top five last year in assist per game for the entire season was Chris Paul, 10.8, Harden at 10.3, Trey Young at 9.7, DeJounte at 9.2. So those two are going to probably like cannibalize each other. Yeah. And Luca at 8.7. Darius Garland was at 8.6. Probably got to bet that he's going to make a jump. And then there's Ty at 8.2. This team is just not good. They're bad. Like, <laughs> They're bad. Just not, 
And the other thing is, it just seems very likely that they are going to they eventually will pull the trigger on Heald and or Turner. Yeah. And at that point, your options for unless Benjamin Matherin is just ridiculous right off the bat, I I just don't know where the assists are going to kind of come from. I worry about Rick Carlisle. I'm trying to imagine a situation where I'm like, yeah, the guy that Rick Carlisle coaches is gonna is gonna win the assist title. That that's Fair. like a Fair. like a specious argument. I don't mind it if you take a run at it at plus four fifty. You better take Harden, I think, at plus yeah. one twenty five as well. Yeah, and I'll get a little ahead of myself because I I have this one listed. It's like the highest bet, highest odds bet that I had looked looked at before. Um, since we're talking about Halliburton, but he's twenty five to one to average twenty ten and five, which I think is a lot closer to maybe like what he could do. Um, it, it's kind of like a an escalator almost of most improved player. Cause if he does those things, he's going to, he's already one of the favorites to win that award. I think Anthony Edwards or Brunson might be like a better bet per se, but if he does that, he's going to be in the running at 25 to one, you're getting better odds than the most improved anyway. Um, with the, especially with the 18.6, 10.1, 4.2. So like we know his assist can be there. It's really is a matter of, is he going to score more? And if he's scoring more, like, is he going to be able to get that extra rebound? Maybe, but uh, he's not the biggest rebounder, and we kind of know that. You know what's weird? On both this list at DraftKings and at BetMGM, Nikola Jokic, who finished eighth last season, I do not find him on the list. For assist leader? Yeah. Uh-oh. I wonder, is it a Denver thing? I wonder if they're waiting to see what the usage looks like and Let's... what the minutes are going to be. And what his availability is going to be, but that seems weird to me because I think there would probably be some value on Joker. I think I've already bet Joker's under twenty-seven points per game prop because yeah. I, think, I think his usage rate goes down. And I think in the games where they actually had the intended starting five available, that was with Will Barton, and I would be with KCP two years ago. Uh, like his points were all over the place. One game it was like twenty-eight, and then the next game it was like twelve, and they were killing teams. They were just this killing is- everybody. But like it wouldn't surprise me if Joker had a lot of twelve points, fifteen assists, ten rebounds. Yeah, he's not on there. I don't have him either. So it's yeah. not a state, it's not like a state specific thing or anything either. Something to to I guess keep an eye on. What do they have the script? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering because he's still up for MVP, so it's not an injury concern. Again, don't bet Nicole Yogas for MVP. We've been over that repeatedly. We said that last year. He won it. Don't care. Don't bet him. Uh, all right, let's go back to another team in – let's go back to Dallas because there's a Christian Wood prop you want to talk about, plus 650. Yeah, so I I think I was just as surprised as Christian Wood was to find out that he's going to be playing off the bench today. Uh, so he the bet is plus 650 for him to average 20 points and 10 rebounds, which I felt playing alongside Luka, that's a great – that's a great line there for him. Um, but if he's coming off the bench, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get enough usage. Like, Not only that, it, is he, is he going to get enough usage with Luca? True, true. I mean, I figured there's enough lobs. He can get the rebounds. Like if he's buying in on the defense, but apparently, like, well, they like just my question is like, will he play enough minutes with Luca to get the opportunities? Right, like to even score that many? Yeah, like because that's I love Christian Wood as an addition to the Mavericks if he's starting with Luca, like he's the best compliment to Luca. And for those of you that weren't paying attention, which is fine on Monday, there's been this talk all summer long about Christian Wood coming off the bench. 
And in the very beginning, I was like, that's weird. Okay, we'll see yeah. how it kind of goes in the camp. And then Kid comes out in his, his press conference opener and says, yeah, Christian Wood's coming off the bench. And it, then they ask, they ask Wood about it, and he says it's the first I'm hearing about it. Which is crazy. And he said he's that, fine with it, which is good. Good for him for saying the right thing. Tweeted LOL after. And then tweeted LOL. Like, <laughs> I this... The, the reason not to do this, the reason not to bet Christian Wood 20 and 10 is that everyone I know that has had any interactions with Christian Wood and anyone of those people that also know Jason Kidd on any level is like, this is a bad match. This could go very badly. Now, yeah. again, I kind of think it's like a, it's a great idea conceptually and I want to be optimistic about it, but this does not make me enthusiastic. It's, it's, I'm curious because like the, the last two seasons, he averaged 21 and 9.6, and then he averaged 30 or 17.9 and 10 with the Rockets. Granted, it's with the Rockets. He was clearly the, I guess, the focal point of their offense. Um, but he shoots some, he's, we've seen his threes increase. He's, he's making about 1.9 per five, which is like about 38%. So that's kind of why I was like, maybe if they use him in like that type of role, but if they're going to, I just don't understand playing. I think playing off the bench is crazy, it's crazy. but like, I, I just, I don't understand that. And I just am wondering like, is that going to be enough minutes? But I don't think he really needs too many minutes, but it's like you said, it's more of a usage question, but I think it like, I felt like a plus six fifty. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a. It's not like a minus one ten bet. It's a plus yeah, six fifty yeah. bet. And like he has kind of almost hit these numbers the last two seasons. Yeah, I love this next one. It's plus eight hundred. This is a. This is a DraftKings team it's special. Zion twenty eight plus and Pelicans to win the Southwest Division. We talked a lot about why we like the Pelicans in the Southwest Division pod. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to that podcast. Brian and I went in depth on the Pelicans and why we think they've got the best value. I'm on their over. Brandon's just playing the division. If they win the division, there's a very good chance that Zion had a great season. If Zion has a great season, there's a very good chance he scored 28 per game because he's literally one of the most impactful offensive players in the league. You're getting eight to one here for two combined bets. It's better value than than, uh, Zion for MVP, which I did bet on Monday. I needed to see one picture of him, Joe. I saw one picture of him and immediately started looking for Zion props. I just just needed to see he is, you know, I said that he was, I, I call it like said skinny Zion. It's not even skinny Zion. It's cut Zion. Yeah. Like his, his Brian Schroeder was talking about this on Twitter, a friend of mine about how his, his traps look more honed. Yeah. His upper body just seems toned as hell. Like he's way more lean. He's, like he's, he's, he's way more lean with, with the same amount of power. He doesn't look frail. This, this is should, this should scare the shit out of the entire league Zion with this cast of shooters, actual capable veteran players, good depth. I mean, yeah. Zion 28 plus and Pelicans win Southwest at plus 800. Love this bet. I'm going to bet this one after we get off. Yeah. I love this one. Um, I I am a hundred percent with you. And plus like we were already leaning them for this, for the division. Like I listened to you guys on that. When you guys did the division pod, I talked about it with Brandon and you like on, on the Slack. Like I love this play and you have to imagine they're super correlated. Like if Zion scoring 28 points, that means that the Pelicans are in a great position. That offense is going to be rolling. So, you know, as much as, you know, the Mavericks are in the division, like it's it's a tougher division. This is a great way to kind of maximize the two playing well together and, uh, you know, and, and really take advantage of the Pelicans here. So I, I'm 100% playing this one. 
let's go to the plus 1000. So this is the Brandon Anderson segment. Special. <laughs> love, love this one as well. We found this one on the DraftKings. Tyrese Maxey to average 20 plus points per game and Sixers to win the Atlantic division. Similar to the Zion bet in terms of the combination of, of assets here. Love this bet. Love, 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 love this bet. Tell me about it. This is, this is a really fun one because Maxi really took a step forward last season. He's somebody that I think is being talked about a little bit, at least in terms of most improved this year as well. But if you really look at this, I think it's more of a, it's a kind of a division bet really more than anything. The Celtics are dumpster fire right now. You have all of the drama regarding like Udoka. They had, they were trying to maybe trade Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown. Um, you're, they don't have the same coach. They don't have even their really like their second coach. They're, you know, they're a little bit down the line here and the Sixers, I think should be a powerhouse in the regular season. You have Harden with them the whole year. Maxi has gotten to really work out. They were talking about his off season reports and they were basically having to kick him. And I guess it was B-ball Paul, like out of the gym every day because they were working out so much. And he was at 17.5 points per game on the whole season last year. I expect this to go up. Um, I think he's going to really be like a big, big focal part of the offense, especially as he's kind of learned to play with Harden, with Embiid, and kind of grow into his own. I think that the Sixers team is really going to be a wagon. And at 20 points per game and them to win the division, where you have the uncertainty surrounding the Celtics, the, I don't know, uh, like ambiguous natured team of the Brooklyn Nets. Like I like I don't know what like, I don't know what they even describe them as. And then like my I don't know. My my Knicks are sad. So it's just, you know, and then like the Raptors, I we think are, we all need to bring the Knicks into the division conversation, <laughs> Joe. That's that's not necessary, buddy. No. Uh but look I, I love this because for a number of reasons. Let's start with Harden seems to have really adapted to and we'll talk about him with another bet that I like about really adapted to basically playing pure point guard. And if you watch the playoffs, a lot of the formula was Harden runs pick and roll with Embiid. They draw attention. Harden dishes to Maxi. Maxi cuts down the lane, scores. Maxi's well positioned for just a massive leap. A lot of my Sixers bets for the division and for their win total are built on the belief that Tyrese Maxi is ready to ascend to legitimate star level. And twenty points per game, I think, is pretty easy. I think Harden is legitimately fine with Tyrese Maxi taking more shots. Yeah, I think that. And on top of it, in these games where they're going to, if they're going to rest Embiid, which they will have to because it's Embiid, it only makes sense to rest Harden and Embiid at the same time. And so if you're going to rest Harden, you're not going to rest Tyrese. And then Maxi takes off and Maxi has the ball a ton. I think with those types of performances, he'll have big games where I think he scores 30, 40, and then a lot of games where he's consistently hitting 18 to 25. Uh, I like this bet quite a bit. I yeah. also like from the same subsection, James Harden to lead the league in assists per game and the Sixers to win the championship at plus 3,500. Uh, I do. I think that the Sixers are title favorites. No, I, they were one of the three bets bets I gave off right off the bat. As soon as the season ended, I still think there's great value on them. I still think that they're mispriced given how their off season went. Like yeah. while the rest of that division is in the midst or having media days, like literally Marcus <laughs> smart said, it's been hell on us. Kyrie Irving said, yeah, it was awkward and a clusterfuck. Like, that's their lives. The Sixers are just under the radar, have a guy that's going to be gunning for the MVP. Yeah. Harden seems totally fine with building off of, like, he's going to get his money, 
but he can get his money as, as basically being the assist leader in the NBA. He finished yeah. second last season, only slightly behind Chris Paul. If you expect the Suns to take a step back, which I do, Harden very likely is he's just he look Harden played like garbage last year and still was second in assist per game. I, I mean, I think it's a perfect like way to look at it because if you look at uh, even assist leader, he's the favorite. He's plus one twenty five. Yeah. So I don't think you can even really parlay the two of them. Like, I don't even think the fair odds are really that because the Sixers are 15 to one and then that's plus 125. I don't even think you're getting, I think you're getting incredible value actually. Like, I don't think that goes to 35 to one. Yeah. And I guess the way to, you know, and it's like the way to look at it too. It's like, you'll know whether or not the first bet of that, the first piece of that bet won heading into the postseason. Right. So you'll know, like, is that a hedge piece or what? If, if it did, it's such a great hedge piece, and everybody knows I yeah. love my hedge pieces. Uh, this next one at plus 1,500 is bold, but you've got me intrigued. Sell me on it. So it's Cade Cunningham to average 27 and 7. Um, if we look at his rookie year, he averaged 17.4, 5.6, and 5.5 in 64 regular season games. But I'm going to direct your attention to the end of the season. And when we look at the games from like after February. So like March, April, he played 17 games, 21.2 points, 6.7 assists, 5.6 rebounds. I like he's, he's getting the minutes. He's playing 35 minutes a game. I'm wondering if like after an off season working out, like having that full year as an NBA player, does he take this leap or does Jaden Ivy maybe pull away from this and make this a little bit harder? Because we know like Killian Hayes, they like just love to try to play him and it kind of hurt his assist numbers a little bit. But I think as the season went on, he was really saying like, no, like I'm the guy that's supposed to have the ball in my hands. Like I'm running this offense. Uh, they got rid of Grant. So I think that this is maybe like a spot to back him at 15 to one, because like, I don't think he's going to win most improved. You don't really win that as a second year player. So this is kind of a way to say like, well, he's going to get better in year two. Do you think this is kind of how he can do it? I'm trying to figure out which of the numbers I don't like. I like the assist because I think their offense is going to be much, much, much better. They were a historically terrible shooting team last year. That's not an exaggeration. They literally had the worst EFG the first three months of the season since 1947. Sadiq Bay is a monster. I think Bagley helps. Stu will help get them easy dunks underneath. They have... I, the Jaden Ivey thing is the thing. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I don't know where that is going to wind up hurting him. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to be an assist thing or if it's going to be a rebounds thing. I don't really think it's this. I think he'll get his scoring. Like, I think he'll score um, because he really struggled at the beginning of the season because he just could not make a shot. Right. And then like towards the, as the season went on, like he was really starting to become like a much better sharpshooter, especially from three point range. And he was driving to the basket a lot more. So I'm wondering, like, I'm not really worried about the points. I'm more like, can he get this set? I, I'm more concerned, honestly, about the rebounds, I think, more than anything. Like, is he going to dog that a little bit? Yeah. I think I worry about more about the points. I think he actually might be really key for them on the on the rebounds, especially because I have a feeling that Casey's going to want him to get the ball immediately. So like, and then run the offense. And bring the ball up the floor. Yeah. Um, and your last one, again, Joe, buddy. <laughs> Seek help. T- tell me about your last bet on this board before we get out of here. Yeah, it's that 25 to 1 Halliburton, 20, 10, and 5. Like I I think it's worth I think it's worth the dart. It's worth a little sprinkle here. 
Um, I just, I just think that he's going to get better. Like, I think that as a, I think that the team there, well, I'm assuming rational coaching, but like, I think that that's the, the comment is just, you have to shoot the ball more. The ball has to run through you. The offense has to run through you. And if you kind of take that same type of thought process, like, look, if you get the rebound, the offense is going to run through, you can kick, pick it up a lot faster. There might be some avenue here and like i don't i don't i honestly don't know if they're going to trade turner they've talked about trading turner forever they've talked about trading healed forever if those guys don't get traded he's got there's some pieces there it's not like a total it's it's not great but it's not a total dumpster fire at 25 to 1 always what you want to hear when you're betting on 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 (laughs) scoring props is not a complete dumpster fire uh let's look at post all-star because they were for the season, uh, they had the 14th slowest offensive possession length in the league. If we look at this from a for the post All Star, so after various the the trade essentially, Indiana moved 11th in pace. So that's just that's combined. Yeah, opponents were probably scoring pretty fast on them. I I just can't get to these. I can't get to these crazy stat production lines on a team that I think is going to win like 25 games. That's fair. I get and also, it. Also, he may not qualify because they may have to shut him down if they're tanking. That is true. I, I mean, you just, I just don't know what, I really don't know with Look, them. It's like they have, they're just not good. They're just not really good basketball. Team. Yeah. That was the big change when you like, you immediately jumped on in the summer and was and we're talking about him for MIP. And I was like, what are you doing? Like everything's <laughs> the MIP has got to be on a good team. This team is so that, yeah. bad. Everyone was just like, oh, but they're fun. And I'm like, fun is not good. Okay. Fun is not good. As can be yeah, by, pretty, by most people's 20s, you could understand that that fun and good are very opposite things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I fall, I've come off of it a little bit. Okay. So that's why this is like, I was like, this might be the play that I want. Like if I want to throw a dart and back Halliburton, this would kind of be the one at 20, 10 and five where I'm like, he could get there and still not win most improved because they're just not good. I advise you to play it. And then we can, you can just spite me all year with this <laughs> as like a 30 and 15 game. Uh, yeah. All right. It's going to wrap it up for buckets for a Tuesday. Our best bets from Joe Curry, threes made per game leader at minus 175, anything below minus 500, but you're going to get a much better number than that. Anthony Davis, under 10.1 rebounds per game, minus 115. Bam Adebayo, under 10 point. Can I put that one in our best bets? Yeah, let's put it in there. Bam Adebayo, under 10.1 rebounds per game, minus 115. Uh, Zion, 28 plus in the Pelicans to win the Southwest. Tyrese Maxey to average 20 plus per game and the Sixers to win the division. I like Luka Doncic plus 3,500 to lead the league in points and assists. And Joe likes anything that suggests that Tyrese Halliburton is arguably <laughs> a top five player in the NBA. Make sure to download the award-winning Action Network app to track all of your bets. And you can track as well Joe and I's picks for the season. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you again on Thursday. Preseason's here. We're going to talk how to bet preseason on Thursday. Should be a good time. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Have a good night and a good week. Let's get buckets.